Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me this week, man who's definitely not just watching Dancing in the Stars while talking to us, Lavender Gooms. Dancing in the Stars sounds like an astrological show hosted by... I said Dancing with the Stars, but you're using some of your internet Mm -hmm. bandwidth to watch Mm -hmm. Dancing with the Stars, Mm -hmm. so you're getting a choppy situation. You could you could pull that if you weren't recording the podcast. You know what? <laughs> my, my, I'm going to make Mike listen to this thing when it's over, and he's going to hear what I said. That's what's going to happen. We all will. Okay. And, and you, All the right. fans, chime and in. I know what, what I said. But you would also be correct. I am half watching Dancing with the Stars. The most recent Bachelor, Matt James, is coming up with his partner, Lindsay Arnold. Dancing in the Stars is kind of like if you, like your, what your immigrants' parents, your immigrant parents, will call the show. You know, mm-hmm. just <laughs> Bobby. What, put on uh, put on the dancing, you know, in the stars, the dancing. In the stars. <laughs> My dad asked me one time to say, put on that uh, Eminem song where he cleans out his closet. <laughs> Made me very happy. Um, all right, boys and girls. Um, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like I say this every time between pay-per-views, but this, there's nothing going on. Like, there's nothing going on until uh, the end of the month. Is this pay-per-view? Right, mm-hmm, I think yeah. you got a couple weeks. Just about. Uh, you got you got a couple weeks. There's a couple fights here or there that are interesting. The main event this weekend is a little interesting. Um, we have, we here have decided that this fight between um, I already forgot her name and Marina Rodriguez, Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez. We here have decided it's a number one contenders bout for the flyweight championship. Mm. Um, I think it is. I think it kind of is because, well, there's no one else for Valentina to fight. Yeah, I mean, they're just as, you know, valid as some of the other people that have challenged for the belt recently. So I say, why not? Exactly. You know what? They should ask Carla, do you want to shot one weight class up? You know, you call it, we can call it a number one contender fight or who's next for the slaughter. Whichever way you want to say it. I think number one contender sounds better. That's right. You know what Valentina was saying? Like, you can't call the Octagon girls useless. Well, the people that Valentina fights might be in this regard. Ah, a little harsh. I feel bad about that joke. It wasn't even good. Um, all right, guys. Um, there's Yeah, there's nothing going on. We scoured the headlines. Um, I'm not sure if we talked about John Jones having the most tone-deaf response to a domestic violence situation. You could imagine. You mean those those Instagram posts? Yeah, where, where he said like he's, nothing happened. Where he's going to turn this into the best thing of his life, where I'm like, yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't want to have a bad time here. So we're not gonna talk about that. Um, <laughs> wasn't was, wasn't wasn't the fiance who he apparently like supposed allegedly uh, attacked or abused like in one of them? I thought I remember seeing that. Great, that's yeah. that's wonderful. Um, all right, this past weekend though, let's talk about this real quick. Um, we had a card. It was at the Apex. Um, did we all pick uh, Santos? No, I, I was the stupid one and picked Walker. In fairness, mm. not a lot happened in this fight, Mike. So uh, I'm not sure you want to beat yourself up too much about it. Marcus, um, we were promised the banger. They said mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to need all five rounds. 
which you they might did. as well fucking, you know, just kiss a death right there. I would have turned it off if I was watching live. Well, okay, we know. They screwed us. Um, did we learn anything about anybody in this fight? Yeah, not so much in this one. I mean, I think maybe one of the bigger takeaways is kind of how reserved Johnny Walker is. I, at least in my eyes, I still kind of see him as somewhat of a, a berserker type fighter where he kind of really goes after it and maybe gets over aggressive. And that has definitely won him some fights, but it's definitely caused him to lose some. Um, he was much more patient in this fight. And really the whole fight kind of broke down to is like, I, neither guy was super comfortable getting in the pocket and really exchanging hands. So most of this fight was measured on the outside with kicks and, you know, both guys have pretty decent kicking games. I think Santos mixed it up a little bit more by changing his stance. He has actually in, in, in the booth, uh, caught on to this, you know, when he switches to southpaw and he uses his rear leg uh, to go to the body and to the head, he has a lot of power there. And that's kind of probably one of his best strikes was his um, left body kick to the liver. He landed a few times. But overall, I mean, even looking at the numbers, like some of the rounds, you know, Walker would have scored a little bit more. Um, but because Santo would land some of the bigger kicks, I think he won some of those rounds. But overall, it was really uneventful. Like I said, either guy seemed a little timid to throw hands, and they would only do it after a kick. They would basically throw a kick, end up in the pocket, and they would both kind of like throw some hands out, not super measured and not land much. And overall, it was just kind of uneventful. Yeah, Bobby, you had something to chime in? Yeah. Um, well, first, it seems like we had universal agreement on the scorecard um, with the media. Um, mm. With the first and the fourth going to Mr. Walker and the second, third, and fifth going to Santos. Did you? I know you don't. I'm asking this because I know you. You don't watch. You fast forward between rounds, right? Yeah, I usually don't watch the corner. Did stuff. Did you watch the corner stuff this time? Um, no, but I heard about it. I, I learned some stuff from the commentary. The most important thing being, I guess the Raiders are doing really good. I guess there was Raiders in the crowd, and they said like, "Oh, the Raiders are three and zero." And I was like, oh, "I don't keep up with football, so that's news." Well, no, I was mostly saying that this know. was uh, Walker with John Cavanaugh in his corner. Yeah, Conor um, McGregor, and coach. I guess some of the criticism. Uh, the corner got, I think they were telling Walker he was ahead, that he was doing good. And I think when you were maybe just looking at the numbers, um, Walker, like I said, purely off numbers, maybe purely off of activity, you could say that he maybe won some of these closer rounds. But like I mentioned, Santos, I think, stole some of these rounds away because he would land a big, heavy kick that would, you know, reverberate out the arena, or he would land a decent punch. You know, he was a little bit more active with his hands. So I know DC um, and the commentary booth did kind of jump on the corner and we're kind of speculating, you know, why are they not, you know, telling Walker he needs to kind of sell out in the last round when he was, I mean, but, but technically, like you said, Bob, uh, the media, and I think myself, the, the first round, nothing happened and Walker just did enough to get it. And I think he took the fourth. So leading into the fifth, it kind of was anyone's fight. And even that round, you know, you didn't really see Johnny, Johnny Walker really kind of, you know, push the pedal to the metal, try to win the fight, but neither did Santos. Do you I think, think Santos. Do you, do you think, sorry to interrupt. Do no. you think Mr. Uh, Coach Kavanaugh was maybe, his worry was that you're going to go berserker Johnny Walker and he's trying to reel him in. Do you think he, I mean, I'm not saying he intentionally told him you're winning. I mean, he wouldn't think so, but if he had said, Oh, you're down, which he wasn't either. He was two, two, but what he thought was going to happen. If Johnny Walker is the type of fighter who would just be like, Oh shit, I'm down. I'm going to revert to everything. I guess wrong. I was doing before maybe. Yeah. I mean that, that, that very well could have been the thought process. It, it did seem in my eyes. And, and again, the, the booth called that out. Like both of these guys tend to do better when they turn it into a firefight. So this being a real tactical match didn't really help either fighter. So it would have been, it, you know, 
in, in hindsight's 2020, it would have been better for either corner to really put the emphasis on, on the guys to be like, okay, this is the last round. You really need to, to push a bit more than you have. You need to get more active. You, and honestly, you need to get in the pocket and you need to throw some punches. Cause that's really this, honestly, this whole fight was push kicks, kicks to the leg, kicks to the body. And honestly, the only time they would ever exchange hands is like someone would throw a body kick when they land that, that leg back down to the ground, they're in punching range and they would both kind of flail out some punches and they would both evade them and nothing would happen. You know, someone really needed to take the emphasis. And it was mostly Santos did it a few times where, you know, set up a jab, set up your punches. Um, both of them seemed a little too cautious about getting in the pocket and potentially, you know, getting in a firefight where it seemed like it, it would benefit potentially both of them because they tend to do better. Santos does better when it's a fucking fight. You know, when he fought Jan uh, Blockowitz, the, the current champion, he knocked him out when, he, when they became a fight. When they got in the pocket and started throwing down, that's when he does his best work. But... Neither guy seemed really interested in, in rolling the dice in, in that asset, and um, we ended up kind of paying for it. You know, we ended up having a main yep. event that wasn't super eventful, but you know, that, that's just how it goes sometimes. The other interesting to come out of this card: uh, Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins. I wish I would have watched this. If I known it was well, did you see, say, uh, no contest, right? Yeah. Did you see? Mm-hmm. Well, did anybody see the thing where the guy shot on uh, Holland, and Holland like sprawled? You know, defended the takedown well, and then. Like, is back against the cages still, and this guy's on him, Dacus, and he yells over to DC, a lot better, right, DC? And DC's like, this guy's talking to me. Like, it was, that was kind of funny. I uh, heard about that. I didn't see it. I, I, I should go back and watch yeah, it. Um, so what happened is, that's a little bit of an interesting situation, is Dacus and Kevin Holland clashed heads, and Kevin Holland was unconscious, and Holy then he was shit. getting choked. Um, so they decided to call it a no contest. Um, hmm. The debate is whether they could. I guess the right way of doing it would have been like, even if you knew what happened, they still let it be a submission. And then that like Holland would appeal to the athletic commission. Mm-hmm. But I think that Tan Dan just kind of decided to save everybody the effort. And like, he, yeah, they, that was, like and it, the right call. Yeah. And it was also like Tan Dan and the UFC was somehow involved in this conversation. Like, they got, like, Mark Ratner talking to people, and I'm like, are you supposed to be, are, are the UFC allowed well, to influence this? I mean, might as well get it right the first time. Why you know, is the UFC why? involved? Because why waste Kevin Holland's time and money having him Why is Why does the UFC have any say in what happens? You, 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 see, you seem to think that the UFC is supposed to play by some certain rules here, Bobby. Bobby, Bobby wants the UFC to be, like, Atu, the watcher. Oh. Oh. Only watch. Do not intervene. I bet, I bet Bobby also wants people to get title shots based off athletic performance. Oh, merit in, uh, yeah. Gumdrops no and lollipops, Bobby. Bobby's If Big Papa Dana White wants to go there and say everybody wins. Everybody I hope everybody's wins. enjoying this. This is going to be the last episode because I'm just going to put Mike in charge of recording next week and we'll see if it ever actually happens. Um, yeah. Um, Kevin Holland says he's treating it like a loss. Which, which is yeah, really why? dumb. I mean, why? Don't, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> um, Misha Serkinov went down to jo- to Christoph Jotko, some young fighters that we thought might be something. Um, Alexander the Great Hernandez picking up a win over Mike Breeden early on in that fight. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, you know, there was no fight of the night. Let's uh, let's just put it like that. Um, Ouch. They gave out four performance bonuses. Uh, Alexander Hernandez did say he was ready to quote party his dick off. After that quick knockout. So we're hopefully, we're hopeful, you know, he was able to enjoy that in Las Vegas. Maybe he's at the Raider game. No, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be nice. 
They had Volkanovski there last week at the Raider game. Um, all right. Um, other news we got. Uh, Sean O'Malley got some fight with like a 15th ranked guy. Sean O'Malley made the good point of if you want me to fight in main events or co-main events, you should pay me like that. Which is foolish talk. Mm, also, it's like, well, you know, some of these uh, cars, like the one we're going to talk about, you might be the main event, but are you the main event? You know what I'm saying? Like, if the car is no, no, not no, we really want you to fight like Frankie Edgar in the co-main of a New York card. It's like, you should probably pay you. He's saying you yeah. probably pay me a quarter. I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know what this sounds like on a much lower scale, though? It's almost like the same mentality that Demetrius Johnson had when it came to, oh, you want me to move up a weight class? Pay me more? Yes, he's going to be like, no. So I'm like, all right, so I'll just fight these number one contender scrubs you keep throwing my way. Yeah, basically. Yeah, a job's got a price. Not all jobs are the same price. Just saying. Um, I lost my train of thought with our scrub talk. God damn it. Well, you you, you mentioned uh, the O'Malley signing, but we did kind of skip over. There's a Bellator card that had a big fight. We'll, we'll get to and, Bellator in a second. Don't oh, worry. Okay, all right. I mean, it happened. Um we also uh, got ourselves a uh, replacement fighter in the UFC bantamweight men's bantamweight championship, or fly, mm, right. featherweight bantamweight feather bantamweight. Um, we we're going to have Aljamain Sterling taking on Peter Yan at the end of this month. Uh, Aljo's had an Aljo had neck surgery, and then we talked about it last week. Still got some nerve mm-hmm. issues. It seems like he's not going to be ready to go. UFC's needed a replacement. TJ Dillashaw couldn't go. And I think we talked about it, Mark. You can't. We have to have a fight that day. Well, why? Can't why, why can't, can't not? I can't not have a title shot that day. He's so they're like, out the window. We'll figure something out. So they're like, Sandman, Sandhagen, can you get in there? Can you do this? And he's like, You want me to? You want me to lose my last fight? Close. I thought he won. I think you. Th- I think we all thought he won. It was close. Um, that fight with TJ, but he lost. He's like, You want me? You want me to fight for an interim title though? And they're like, Yeah, can you? And Sandhagen's like, Okay. So we got Sandhagen versus Peter Yan at the end of this month um, for the interim championship. And if the MMA gods are who they are, Sandhagen's going to win, right? That's that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's how this plays out. Corey Sandhagen is quite the talent. Uh, Marcus, you chopped up for a second there. Say that again. No, I was just saying, you know, Corey could. I mean, I think... Peter is the better fighter, and I think, you know, the odds and, and our pickings will lean that way. But Corey's a great fighter. You know, crazier things have happened. I'm just saying they want to have a kickboxing bout with uh, Corey Sandhagen. It could go either way, really, these two guys. So, mm-hmm. um, And then Conor McGregor announced that in January, uh, him and Dustin Poirier sold a million and a half pay-per-views on ESPN+. Plus. So Conor can continue to do whatever the fuck he wants. So just putting that out there. In, in other Connor news from the last week, for some godforsaken reason, he was given the key to Miami. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I bet they've given it to Flo Rida. They've given it to Fat Joe. They've given it to anybody who's ever spent 20 minutes in Miami. But all right. Flo Rida, his name is literally Florida. So I can understand that one. I mean, Fat what? Joe. Fat Joe, there's like five Puerto Ricans in Miami. Okay. Yeah, Mike, I bet I bet it comes with a get out of jail free card because he caught her might need it. That's what it gets when you get the key to the city. I, you, I get gotta one, ass- you get a freebie. <laughs> I got to assume anyone who spends more than a million dollars in bottle service at Live probably gets the key to the city. There we go. Um, all right. Bellator happened. 
We have we wanted MVP to beat somebody good. MVP beat somebody good, um, but with an asterisk. Why is it an asterisk? You beat him. Well, you know, barely. Controversial, I but mean, still. I mean, it was it was a close fight. First, uh, I think it's the third round. It was the second and third round was very clear who won the first round. It looked like they were feeling each other out, and it was a three round main event because Bellator is you know light years behind apparently the UFC with this shit. Um, MVP giving him some credit. He probably could have just got a title shot immediately. He said, I should fight. He's because it was a close fight. He says, we should fight again. And then the winner should get a title shot. Him and Douglas. Mm, sounds good. I'm, I'm good know. with that. Um, uh, maybe this time they can fight in, uh, let me figure this out. The, the Lima boys are from New York, right? Or they train out of New York, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah. They were, mm-hmm. Yeah. They were, were they with Tiger? Tiger Shulman? Or am I making that up? I thought they were. What? I don't know for sure, so I wouldn't want to sit talk out of turn. They should have a fight in New York. See if they can do that, or you know, yeah, why not? Why not? Or you know what? Good. Fuck, go to Connecticut. Send them to the Mohegan Sun, right, I Mike? Mean, it's two hours. I mean, <laughs> they've been a they've been a Uncasville enough over the last year and a half, so why not? They, Mike they made zero city. trips to fucking Uncasville. Zero trips. To I am never the to the city over there. I am never going to a place called Uncasville. What if we get okay. Mike the key to the city? That's a fair point here. Can we get Mike? If we get you the key to the city, Mike, will you go to Uncasville, New York? All right. I am making a reckless speculation here, but Uncasville sounds like a place they burn crosses out on lawns. It's Indian Casino City. That's why they go there. <laughs> It'd be very awkward for them to burn lawn, burn crosses on lawns then. <laughs> It is Mike. A, that you know what that even ups how reckless guys that just speculation why do you guys say stay tuned to the you know to it's amazing.com for mike's apology to the fucking state of connecticut in the city of uncasville and the mohegan tribe or whatever there are very nice people that live in the state of connecticut shout out to uh fuck what's the name of a town in connecticut uh the home of the wwe stanford connecticut there we go. Shout out to Stan- Stanford or Stanford. Ah, St- who cares? Stam. Who gives a shit? It, that's a drive-through straight Connecticut. Connecticut. Never going to be invited to go to Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening here. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know what else we got to say, Marcus. I mean, Bell- MVP wants to put a stamp on it, and I, for a guy who I feel all momentum is gone, like all of it, if he wants to build some momentum. Before they try to give him the keys to the middleweight or welterweight division, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, our biggest criticism with MVP's career is just that he hasn't really fought a lot of the top guys. He's been fighting guys that we kind of knew the outcome from. Uh, Lima wasn't one of those guys, right? The first time they fought, it was really like, okay, we're going to put this guy to the fire. Let's he got see hit with he the does. same shot too in this one. Oh, and then this he got this that one? same uppercut and he survived it. It wasn't full <laughs> clip, but. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting. But, I mean, ultimately, it's like, yeah, we want to see this guy tested. You know, Lima, his star has definitely faded. I think this is like his fourth loss in a row or something. So it hasn't been smooth sailings for him. But we know he's a credible talent. We know he's a credible fighter. So we want to see MVP versus these guys and see how he does. And, you know, this is the first time he's had a rematch with, you know, a top flight opponent. And he did better. He, you know, he won this fight by decision, as controversial as it may be, is oh, some home cooking as it may have been. Um, he survived at the very least and won around, you know, for sure. And then, you know, they 
the hometown gave him the nod on the close one. You know, it's not the most outrageous thing in the world. You know, and I think it speaks to somewhat of his character to be like, well, you know, let's settle this. Let's really put a stamp on this one. Let's throw it back for a trilogy fight and see who who the best better man is and whoever that man may be. Why don't they fight for a title? So you know, it, honestly, it, Douglas hasn't looked good in a bit too. Douglas hasn't yeah, looked good in a little bit here. Yeah. So if you're going to try to get him in a row, him, yeah, yeah. For for I mean, for him to to get to be in a conversation where it's like I'm going to fight a trilogy fight, and if I win, I'm de facto number one contender is very you know wishful thinking maybe on his part, but. You know, I I don't think I don't you, see anything wrong with that fight. So let's throw it back. And I didn't get to see the fight. Do you, I think so. we're missing? I th- I think I I still think that we missed the best of Michael Chandler, like his peak, like ability wise, was a couple years ago in Bellator. And I wonder mm. if we're getting there with Douglas Lima too, because watch him string like three of these together, and then the UFC call, comes calling. Then you know what I mean? And we're gonna and he shows up, and I don't know. Michael Chandler won a fight, lost a fight, almost won a championship, but. Sure. You know, I, I could be, I could be wrong, always, but like, you know. Yeah, let's. I always think pump the brakes when we're talking about maybe the best days because we've uh, we've been in this conversation a lot where it's like, oh, this guy seems like a journeyman at best, and they string some together. We've seen their best performances. You know, I never want to put a cap on someone and say like, oh, you know, their best days are behind yo, them. Yo, do you remember when but Matt Lima, Brown? It doesn't look good right now. You know, he needs to jumpstart his career. Um, so yeah, you know, you remember we'll a couple see. years ago when Matt Brown won like six in a row. Nah, and, we were like, and we're like, Matt Brown, we went to that fight, him and Robbie Aller. We're like, if Matt Brown wins this, they got to give Matt Brown a title shot. And he, yeah. he lost it. It was a good fight. And, you know, great to see live. But, yeah, you know, you got, guys get hot. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think that's it for news. At least the news we're going to cover. There's not much news. Yeah. Um, there This is uh, – and then there's a card this weekend coming up. Let's knock that out of the way so we can have some fun. Just mm-hmm. knock out the MMA portion of the It's an Amazing podcast. Marina Rodriguez, Mackenzie Dern, de facto flyweight championship, no more contenders about, as decided by us, the It's an Amazing radio professionals here. Uh, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, the fights we're not going to pick, though. We got some people, man. We got Darren Wynn. We got Deron Wynn on this card. Um, been a fan of that guy. Fighting out of uh, American Kickboxing Academy. He, you know, got back on track. He's again here against Phil Hawes. We got uh, Randy Brown, Marcus. I know we're fans of him. Seeing what he can mm-hmm. do in the co-main yeah. event. Tim Elliott, the tallest flyweight you'll find. Actually, it wasn't. Yeah, Tim flyweight. Tim Elliott's like six foot tall. He's a mm-hmm. very lanky, large man. Gave Mighty Mouse problems. Um, yeah, look, I'm not gonna lie to you. This is a, this is thin as hell. <laughs> There's a bunch of random yeah. ass. Like, this is the fight fast portion of the card, and it's all right here. Let's talk about that main event, though. Mike, what are the betting odds? Uh, Let's see. Mackenzie Dern is a negative 162 favorite. Marina Rodriguez is a plus 132 underdog. All right. We got uh, Mackenzie coming off of four straight wins. <laughs> via Sorry, via FanDuel as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, we we know when you give those odds weird, uh, minus yeah. one six two. We know exactly who's putting yeah. those odds together. Uh, four straight wins, three of them by uh, submission, two arm bars and an e bar for Miss Dern. Eleven and one overall. Her only loss being a loss to Amanda Rebus. Uh, Marina Rodriguez um, came back from losing a split to Carla Esparza to take um, that big win over Amanda Rebus uh, back in January. Um, with the crazy knockout. Um, and then Michelle Watterson took a win over her in her flyweight debut. 
14 and one for this young lady. Um, I'm taking Mackenzie Dern. I don't have a reason. It's not like I can even say Marina Rodriguez has got a loss by submission. She got a lot, one loss. It's a split, you know, but I don't know. She's a purple belt. So if Mackenzie gets on top of her, I think a purple belt be screwed. So I'm going Mackenzie Dern. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with Dern as well. Um, when you start looking at the math, you can you can do the the MMA math and say like you know Dern lost to Amanda, uh, Marina beat Miranda, so by that logic. But what we've seen when we kind of dissect Marina's um, you know career, she seems to have trouble. I mean, mostly with grapplers that have strong wrestling bases. You know, you look at the loss to Carla Esparza. You look at the draw to Randa Marcos, which I don't remember exactly how that um, it was, a, it was a majority draw. So I don't know if there was a point deduction or something. She also drew with Cynthia Calvillo, who I kind of really, when I was looking at the records, that's the one that kind of raised an eyebrow. Cause I think Cynthia and Mackenzie Dern have similar qualities in that they're both extremely skilled when they get on the mat, getting it there hasn't always been the easiest proposition. So I think on the feet, Dern's going to have some problems. You know, I really hope that she has really learned some entries and takedowns because the stand-up has is, is always been where she's a little weak. You know, we've seen some fights where she will throw some big heavy hands. You know, if she lands something big and gets you and drops you on your ass, you're in a lot of trouble because you're in her realm and you're kind of hurt. But I don't think that's really a strength of her. So I think for Marina, if she keeps it standing, if she can negate the takedowns, stay out of the clinches where, you know, maybe Dern goes for a jumping guard or something or do a trip takedown, I think she has a good chance of winning this. But obviously, if it hits the mat, Dern's going to have, you know, a lot of experience there and a lot of traps that she's going to be able to, you know, try to catch Marina in. Um, So I think it should be a compelling fight. I I do have Dern getting this one. But um, Marina surprised me. You know, I think that that win over Amanda really kind of because i think we were all really hot on amanda when she was coming up for that fight so uh rodriguez definitely took some of that momentum and you know if she if she stops dern here too that's some good victories under her belt that's some good scalps um but i think it's gonna be tough and i do think dern is just gonna be able to you know kind of put her will on her and hopefully get her to the ground and get a submission because that's really where you want to see a Dern fight. I don't want to see these two standing up and, you know, Mackenzie just throwing big heavy hands with her eyes closed, hoping to, to catch one um, and get outpointed. I want to see them grappling. I want to see what Dern's best at because that's that's where I have the most fun and get the most entertainment out of it. So that's where my head's at. Mr. Sanchez, you want to be wrong again? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm joining you guys with Dern. Honestly, since her loss, uh, Amanda, is it Hebas or Rebus? I'm assuming it's, Hebas. It's Hebas. I think uh, you're right. Uh, right. Since her loss uh, to Hibas, uh, during her four-fight win streak, she's made a much more of a concerted effort to play to her strengths, where I think before that, she looked like she was starting to fall in love with the power that she uh, that she showed in that Amanda Cooper fight. Um, no, the Ashley Yoder fight. But since, that, since her first loss, she's made more of an effort for her striking to really lead more to getting to her bread and butter, which is the fight on the ground. So for her to win this fight, as you guys have already said twice already, uh, Mackenzie would need to get it to the ground. I don't think she's going to fuck around and try and actually stand with Marina because Marina's actually really good uh, standing up. So it would be a big mistake for Mackenzie to try to go toe-to-toe with her in striking. Mackenzie needs to go straight Damian Maya with her career. Like I'm talking late, like Damian Maya, yes. 
welterweight Damian Maya, where he's like, she, I'm putting people on the ground and, and fucking choking them. Like she should. She do that. should because she her jujitsu is on another level from a lot of the other women mm. um, in in MMA. So she should really just base her her entire game, I think, around that, getting it to the ground. You know, improving her skills incrementally, so that way she's just not complete shit everywhere else. But that's where she's gonna win her fights. That's where she has the best shot to actually challenge for a title. I think she actually gets it to the ground and wins this one. Clean sweep right there. What's the what are where, where are we at now in the standings? What do Mark need to need to do to it win your is, close? It is really starting to tighten up, boys and girls. Um with my pick of Walker last week, I am now just one game ahead. Of Dr. Law and DJ Mark with a K. Oh, the sharks are circling, man. <laughs> and Kid we all, B is, we all spent too much Kid time B together. Is bringing up the rear. Are you still counting him? He's not doing this. Yo, he's, he's got a there. DNF. Did not finish. You know what it is? Mike, Mike doesn't want to get last. That's his worry he here. Mike's like, he wants to win, this, but if he gets last, right. if he gets third, he's going to be like, I didn't get last. Stefan got last. That's right. You, you know you know me too well, Bobby. Are you counting Stefan's 10 extra points or whatever in no. there? I'm not. Um, so, um, yeah, that's all we're talking about. That's it. That's it. That's it. Wrap that, up the scary. MMA. 29 minutes of MMA talk, guys. 30 of those, 30 seconds of that was our intro song. Um, and whatever the fuck light, we're talking like about. Like a supermodel's lunch. Um, okay. So let's do stuff we like. Um, a real quick hitter. I like. That the Giants are the National League West goddamn champions. Eat shit, Dodgers. Beat LA, all that stuff. All right. I, I feel like I need to call you out on your quick hitter. Mm -hmm. Because no less than maybe a month ago, Bobby was still asking us in our group chats, are the Giants any good? Look, I, I have to <laughs> ration out. It wasn't a month ago. It was about two. My rule is 4th of July. Honestly, that's what I check in to see if the team is good. And I'm like, all right, we're good. Um, I, I, I want to give you shit about that. But the Jets have been so bad for so many years that outside of, I think, our quarterback, I know nobody on the Jets. So I, I feel you. When the team isn't good, it's like, I'll root for you guys, but I'm not watching these games. Uh, I got better things to do. Seriously, man. Um, that was great news. I mean, I don't know if these are quick hitters, but we got to celebrate, boys. The two of you accomplished something and acquired some stuff this week, mm -hmm. right? One person tried harder and succeeded more than the other one, and one of us just tripped into it, but yes. sure. Mark, both Mark and Mike are joining, as Stefan puts it, the Cool Kids Club, both owners of PlayStation 5s. That is correct. I did not try that much harder than you, Mark, to be quite honest. Last Tuesday... Matt Swider, the the god Matt Swider, the he god. sends up he sends out the bat signal, uh, GameStop uh, reload on, on PS5s. I'm at work Tuesday at at like 10:55. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me give it a shot today. Let's see what happens. You know, I'm actually in the middle of a meeting. The shit hits at 11. I get it by cart, fully expecting this isn't gonna go through. It went through, and I was like. Oh shit! I just got a PS5. This is pretty dope, and it's been pretty fun. Uh, how have you been enjoying it so far, Mark? Well, I haven't gotten mine yet. So how 
this went down, um, our friend Eddie, who we mentioned every so often on the podcast as the person that made our logo five years ago, and that's his one contribute, and that will count for forever. Um, he was able to snag one off of Walmart uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and they're kind of on back order, so he's not going to get his until the end of October. And, uh, you know, me and Eddie have been good friends for a long time, and we bonded early in our friendship over video games. He was a big uh, Sega guy, and I was a big PlayStation guy. Um, and he's kind of moved on to PC gaming. And, you know, I've talked to him in the, the last couple months, and he was like, you know, I want a PS5, but I also need a, was a 3080, whatever, graphics card. So that was kind of his white whale. And even when he got the Walmart one, he was kind of like, I was like, I know you kind of want this more than I do. He's like, I could just give it to you. And I was like, I... And there's a couple of games that I think Eddie would really enjoy. So I was like, I definitely want you to keep it. And you should play Spider-Man. You should play God of War. I think these are going to be right up your alley. And you haven't, you didn't have a PS4, so he didn't get experience any of those games. Um, but he also mentioned, you know, he said he's still going to try to get some. So I guess it was last Friday, kind of during the afternoon, they had another drop at Best Buy. And I guess Best Buy's whole thing now is uh, they do in-store pickup. So you're kind of scrounging with, and they have a bunch of bundles and shit too. So it's like, what bundle do I want? What store can I get it at still? Um, so he was able to secure one um, not too far from where we are um, in Union City. And since he had two, he offered to give me one. I told him I'd take the one he got from Walmart since he's not going to get it till the end of October. And and Bobby has also, you know, ever since he got his, has been trying to get me one. And I told everyone, like, you know, don't don't break your backs over it. I'll get yeah, it whenever I, was gonna, I get it. I was going to say, Mike, Mark's not trying. I'm trying. Okay? That's, I'm trying. I would say in the last, like, month, I would try, like, when Bobby would tell me, like, oh, it's happening here or there. I'd, I'd throw my hat in unsuccessfully, like many people um, have also tried. But it was always just, you know, I'm not going to break myself over it. I'm not going to, you know, and I'm really not tied into the social media things that you really need to be to kind of be on top of this, mainly Twitter. And like Mike said, following Matt um, and, you know, closely letting him, letting him, having him let you know when something's coming up, you know, getting all your information down there. Um, not strong suits of mine. So I was super appreciative that, you know, Eddie was able to, who, who is much more, Bobby and Eddie are much more geared into those realms and, you know, securing these hard to get things. So I really do appreciate him uh, uh, giving me his extra one, especially the one that's coming in earlier. So I'm actually going to be picking it up on Thursday. So I don't have it yet. Um, and I guess, I mean, Bob, do you want me to just jump into the stuff I like? Because it's somewhat it, related. Man. Um, you know, my plan always was whenever I was able to secure a PS5, I would then upgrade my TV to a 4K TV. So, you know, when I found out on Friday that I'm going to get one over the weekend, I snagged a 4K TV, um, took Bobby's recommendation off of, was it, is it TCL? Is that what the company's called? That's right, folks. TCL. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know like TCL is kind of, you know, a bargain, you know, cheaper type of like H, you know, 4K television, but I mean, my standards are low. Uh, I got a, I think I got the 1080 RCA TV when I got the PS4. So it's been over a decade. Look, since folks, if you if you just were trying to spend less than a thousand dollars on a TV, mm -hmm. so get yourself a fucking TCL with a Roku built in. You'll be fine. All right, it'll do everything you needed to do. If you want to spend more than a thousand dollars, get an OLED TV from LG. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I I've had the luxury of experiencing an OLED screen before, and they are quite nice. But yeah, my budget really wasn't. I wasn't looking to spend over a thousand dollars or get anything super crazy. Um, yeah, so the the fifty five inch, you know, not only is it four K, I thought my current TV was fifty five, but I guess it's forty five because I got this fucker home and I was like, damn, this thing barely fits on the TV <laughs> stand. Um, so 
much bigger screen and you know we got it on sunday so not only am i now enjoying the luxuries of 4k and uh, you know upgrading my fucking netflix so i can watch 4k which when you find out all my other streaming services it's just free there's yep. like yeah you have the service it's, it's 4k that's just the standard practice and netflix is netflix when i logged in they were like, oh, you have just the high def and not the ultra high def. Look how shitty Stranger Things looks on this screen. Look how good it looks on this one. It's like, fuck, fine. Here's your well, they also give you, more, they give you more things too, more streams. You can like stream more. I'm not sharing my password. I think I think I have like one other person using yeah. it. So that, that's not really going to affect Us neither, right, Mike? <laughs> I haven't given my Netflix out to anyone else. I don't know Everybody if you Everybody is buying yeah, their own Netflix, obviously. Um but yeah, so you know, I, I got to watch some 4K stuff uh, yesterday, and you know what I would say, and this is nothing new. You know, I think the majority of people, you know, have made the jump to 4K. I kind of know what that jump is from 10K to 4K, but I mean, for personally, it's just like I can tell. You know, things definitely look cleaner and crisper. The text on screen just looks a little bit sharper than it did in 1080. I had no issues with 1080. I think it's you know, stuff looks great on there as well, but. With 4K, you can definitely tell, you know, and it's not like this huge, you know, I think for all of us growing up on CRTVs, you know, the jump there to even like a 720 or a 1080 was extremely easy to tell. Like, oh, like this is this picture does not look blurry. It looks very clear. Um, and with 4K, you're kind of that's just like the next wrinkle in it. It's just like it's even clearer and it's even crisper. You know, it looks better, um, you know, but it's not like. I'm going to rewatch a bunch of the shit I've watched before and be like, Oh, I haven't experienced this. This is all new. Um, but I am enjoying it. And I think the added benefit of getting this TV is my rotation of TVs where the living room TV is going in the bedroom. The bedroom TV is now in the studio, which I'm in now. And I really like that. Um, it was quite a treat yesterday when I uh, turned on my arcade machines, I was streaming some, k1 grand prix 97 on the tv and that, that's just a personal little man cave like thing for myself just like man having like marvelous capcom uh attraction mode on street fighter alpha attraction mode on and then watching k197 is just like this is some man, dreams what is what is attraction mode uh, so that's in in arcades when you're not playing the game it'll cycle through the computer playing itself uh you know animated scenes or whatever it's just they just call it basically when you're not playing and as a kid i spent a lot of time at arcades looking at attraction screens because i wasn't always playing or putting money in. i just wanted to see you know the game run and stuff like that so it's a very surreal thing to be in and having two machines definitely helps because like you know when you're in the arcade there's you know 20 things just yelling at you so having the kind of fervor of just all this noise and yeah, I, I quite enjoyed playing my games and then in between rounds year, 16 year old Mark would be happy. Yeah, this is you As know, someone who knew 16 year old Mark, 16 year old Mark would be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was ever to to have a, a dream kind of job or, you know, brick and mortar story, you know, an arcade, like a 90s arcade with a bunch of fighting machines and having old the Pancrase and uh, Pride and K1 TVs going is pretty much the height of what I would expect. So, yeah, that stuff's been really fun. Um, yes, I've really enjoyed the, the TV swapping. And then there was a couple shows I wanted to talk about before I kind of wrap up my little uh, stuff we like. And, of course, we have lots of time here, so why not eat it up? Um, one of my favorite shows from the early 2010s was this animated show on HBO called The Life and Times of Tim. Oh, yeah. Very, it, it's not, it. it's not necessarily something that 
really clicks with a lot of people. It's com it's all completely dialogue driven. Um, a lot of improvise going on. And for me, the the comedy really comes in the subtlety of just like these little lines these characters would kind of throw out here and there. Um, so Life and Times of Tim is has been something that I've I've always really loved that series. Um, they got three seasons on HBO, and I was a little befuddled when I got Max and it wasn't on there. It's like this is your guys's fucking show. Like you have everything on here. Why wouldn't you have the Life and Times of Tim? And I'm guessing they were saving up because they just came out last week with a new show called Ten Year Old Tom. It's made by the same animation company. Um, I think his name's Steve Dillard or something. He's the uh, creator and writer. Um, and basically the premise of the show is just, you know, instead of this guy named Tim who's in his 20s, he's playing a, a kid in, who's 10 named Tom. Um, and it's very much that same type of humor. So I would recommend, I, I having watched about four and a half episodes of 10-year-old Tom, I think I still kind of like the life and times of Tim a little bit more. I think having... 20 year olds kind of breeds into the kind of insanity or the weird scenarios these characters would find them in. I'm still thoroughly enjoying myself with a uh, 10 year old Tom. Um, but I would say if you want to dip a toe, you haven't watched any of these shows, try the life and times of Tim. And you'll know in that first episode, it, it's one of these shows. Like I'm not laughing out loud all the time, but it's just like, it's just clever little, like I said, it's just little lines here and there Matt, that kind of crack me up a, and stick with me. You had me on that <laughs> show too. I was watching life and times of Tim. Cause you told me to, I remember, and it was. I thought it was great. HBO was it? Is it still doing like fucking? Let's do a weird show. Like, remember bored to death? That was another one. That like HBO will just put some shit on TV sometimes. I don't know. Is, it, is that not a thing anymore? I mean, bored to death was was great because I mean it had a really all star cast that I have to imagine cost them a lot of money. If you just search the life and times of Tim or ten year old Tom. You'll know not a lot of money's going into oh, yeah. like the animation and art of this show. It's very much because this guy, Steve Dillard, I think before he did kind of a pilot of the life and times of Tim, he was most famously known for making the the three frogs Budweiser commercial where they go Budweiser. Like that was his claim to fame. And then he had this idea for a cartoon and it literally looks like he, he drew it himself. Like it is a very crude drawing animation um but like i said the comedy is not really derived from like physical gags or even visual gags it's really just the dialogue the characters the scenarios and how they kind of work themselves in and out of these things um which is fun so yeah i've really been enjoying uh that show i recommend it if you you know want to try out a new animated series and then i did watch only one episode of an fx show that's been getting a lot of advertising a lot of buzz um reservation dogs this is another one of uh Taiki's shows and i did only watch one episode so i don't have like a super firm grasp i liked what i saw it did seem to kind of lack some of the comedic beats that i think Taiki's really known for and i do think i don't know who the guy who created it with him i think it's more of his vision and you know Taiki's just kind of along for the ride and helping them produce and and direct maybe potentially i'm not totally sure um but it is still an interesting story and it's definitely something that you know when we talk about um more representation in uh you know not just cinema but television and stuff you know having a show around a reservation and you know literally native american people i think is interesting in and of itself and the show itself is more about these kids kind of in a rough community trying to work their way out by doing like petty crimes. And then, you know, basically the premise of, of the pilot is them kind of turning on that and trying to be better people, people 
And their little gang is called the Reservation Dogs. So it's cute. I want to watch more of it for sure. I really enjoyed what I saw. Um, but yeah, that's the stuff I like this week. Mike? Very nice. Uh, I already kind of mentioned what my stuff I like this week. Well, Bobby did. Uh, it's the PS5. I've been playing it for the most part since Saturday. Um, that's essentially what I will be doing for the next few weekends. Um, I think it'll be paying for itself in saved bar bills um, within a month and a half. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I have played the two bundle games that came with it, NBA 2K22 and Ghost of Tsushima. I'm much more of a adventure single player kind of guy. So for me, i am really been playing a lot of Ghost of Tsushima rather than NBA 2K22. Um, you know, it it was very exciting to get mainly because and I haven't gotten this like excitement to get a, a new system, I would say, since I was a kid, mm-hmm. mainly mainly because it has been so fucking hard to get a PS5 um paying retail price that is i mean if you want to pay twelve hundred dollars for just the system and a controller you could have gone and done that but i'm not doing that shit so it's been kind of fun um but a little frustrating as well over the last month and a half or so uh trying to get onto the different um you know drops that would happen and have the thing sell out within about five minutes and this time actually being able to hit it and kind of be in with this community of people that are you know screaming and joy like hey i finally got a ps5 but besides that i'm really enjoying it um you know just spending any spare time i've had since saturday at about you know three in the afternoon just uh playing ghost tsushima i will probably as soon as we finish up here fire that bitch right back up and play again yeah and mike i think it's kind of important to know because maybe some of the listeners are interested i mean the route you took i think definitely yes is probably the best for scoring it with it if you're not into the hunt and i I, honestly after you got yours because basically mike you had to sign up for the was like the gamestop power up rewards program thing to give you early access when they dropped and i when when bobby told me you did that a couple weeks ago I was thinking like, yeah, that might, you know, basically my, my thought process is like once Mike hits, once he scores with it and I kind of see like someone did this and it actually worked for them. I was like, that might be the route to go. So I, I do think if you're still looking for one and I think Mike, what's, what's also kind of, you know, the caveat to this is that you're probably going to get more than just the system, right? You're probably not going to get just a PS5. Like you said, you had to get a bundle with yeah. Ghost of Tsushima and NBA 2K. And did you get an extra controller? Because sometimes they throw in PlayStation Plus or whatever. No extra controller. The the one thing I wish I, I could have done without, since I normally re-up on this during a Black Friday when you could get it for like a third of the price, is right. what was included in the bundle was uh, $60 for a year of a uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation, PlayStation membership. Yeah. Um, I guess that was just kind of the cost of doing business. Like, all right, sure. I mean, if I have, yeah. to, if I have to get this as well, then that was uh, fine. But... I think that the best part of how GameStop has been doing it is that the way they've gone about it, it has stopped a lot of the bots from being able mm-hmm. of 
of just coming in and just buying all of the systems by actually having to be a pro member. For example, when I got it on Tuesday, that early sale for, I think it was about the first hour that early sale was literally just for pro members. Right. So there weren't nearly as many people that were spamming the, the, the website cause they couldn't. Um, so I think that was actually the main reason why I was able to get one. It still took me about, four different drops on GameStop to be able to get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I was able to get it $20 for a year pro membership. You get a magazine that um, I actually just got yesterday, my first issue of. Game Informer, it's the last gaming magazine that survived. <laughs> yeah, EGM is no longer around. Yeah. Uh, game, what was the other one? Game Pro is no Game longer pro. around. Yeah, there's Tips a lot of them in the 90s Tips and, and tricks. 2000s. Nintendo yeah. Power. Nintendo Power, Power is no longer around anymore. PSN Magazine. Man, there were a lot of gaming magazines. Jesus. PSN, Mike, not, now I know you're legit because that, that was the magazine. That's the hardcore <laughs> kids knew that shit. That was the good stuff. So Wait, really? Tips and Tricks wasn't the one that said, wow, Tips and Tricks is, is, is like, you don't got internet, son, so you got to get this magazine. <laughs> um, but really enjoying the PS5. Right on. I actually uh, just pre-ordered uh, Back for Blood. So I will too. I'll, I'll, I'm, I told you I'd jump it's on only that six, with It's you. only sixty bones. It's not bad. I, it's I mean, for you get both of them. You get four PS4 and PS5. I think ah, the way, PS4. We're well, done I with think, that, I, Bobby. That's old I school. I think shit. it's. Uh, I think it has crossplay the way I'm reading. I think if they're oh. doing it. Also, just, Bobby, I, I had that same issue. I tried to get MLB uh -huh, the show for the PS5. Nah, homie. They're like, nah. You need to buy that bitch. What do you mean? I did it. Uh, are you trying to use the one you had already? I I was trying like because for Miles Morales, for example, I bought the PS4 version uh -huh. and it allowed me to download the PS5 version. Yeah, and that wasn't the case for MLB The Show. Yeah, <laughs> some of them, some of them, there's free upgrades. I have a couple of games that's just like, yeah, you get the PS5 version for free, like you said, Miles, and there's a lot of other games. And then some of them have like. You have to pay an extra ten bucks. Some of them, if you only bought like a certain edition of it, you can get the PS5 version is, for free. It's kind of some bullshittery, but it is uh, is what I, it is. I didn't remember the answer to this. And Mike, since you just opened your PS5, you can answer to me. Did it come with a headset? No, or a mic or anything? No, yeah, you no actually, headset. But I already had a headset, so I'm ahead of the game. And the PS5 controller, um, they did it with the PS4. It has a speaker in it, um, but it also has a mic. Okay. So if you want to, I can plug in. Yeah. yeah, and 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 you can plug in any you know kind of headset that you already have, which a lot of people already do. But yeah, that's kind of how they kind of circumvented like getting that stuff in yeah. the console. Itself. Well, I'm just so saying because when it, when it comes time for Back for Blood time, the three of us and Stefan, you got to be chatting. What the hell I, is I, Back I, for Blood? Did you not play Left for Dead when you were? Uh... Oh, that's that's what. Okay, mm -hmm. it's the same, it's the same people who it's the people who made the game right the team that made it yeah because uh, they sold the rights name's turtle rock yeah they 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 basically valve published left for dead so it's their property mm. and then valve doesn't make any third trilogy games so the studio was like we want to make another game this was really popular there's a lot of demand for it we're just going to make it ourselves and have someone else publish it and that's what they did and that's well, why it's I'm called back for blood instead of uh, it dead. better be good i could just drop 60 bucks on it um Speaking I, uh, which uh game informer has about a five page spread on back for blood so that's right we'll be playing it Mike. we're all very buying it. encouraging we're all yeah, buying buy, that shit it says it, right? it says yeah sure 
Um, it says eight players can or it supports eight players. So I wonder if that's eight versus the like the horde or like four on four. So we've uh, got, it's, it's we've four got four. us three. Yeah. We've got Steph. Uh-huh. We've got mm-hmm. our friend Melissa. Well, he's saying it's Mark saying it's four on four. So we couldn't like go. You, eight you can you can do both. You can do oh. four. It's just just like Left 4 Dead. You can do four co-op where you're just fighting the AI and they have oh. mo- and the AI controls the monsters, or you can do competitive where four survivors and then four people controlling them. Well, no, but can we, go eight, us, can we go eight people cooperative is what it sounds I don't like? Think so. be, Cause it says it supports eight so. people. That'd be bad. That would be cool. That would be, that'd be really cool. That'd be really fun. We got a whole, fl- whole, whole crew of people. Um, we'll let you know in a few weeks. It comes out on the 12th. So we're around. Yeah, it, come, it comes out on yeah, that's the next 11th, uh, 11th at 9 that's PM. Next Monday. Time. Isn't it? Next yeah, Monday. yeah, when you when you pre-order it, yeah, you get it at midnight. I, I actually should probably remember. You know <laughs> hey, what I realize? It's gonna. Oh, actually, as long as it doesn't just start downloading during the podcast. <laughs> well, I, unfortunately for Mike, uh, West Coast people get it at nine. He has to get it at midnight because they, for whatever reason, they're like, once East Coast is twelve o'clock, all rules go off. Everyone else gets it instantly. Yeah, so it's, for it's, us, it's like, like how my dad watches. Not a big uh, deal. It's not fucking midnight, but Mike's got to be up at midnight if he wants to play it's the like, minute it comes out. But. No harm there. It's like how my dad watches Ted Lasso Thursday nights at like nine oh five. Yeah, that's why I have that's, to do it. I don't. I don't get the logic, but us West Coasters, we get it easy peasy over here. Right at nine, right before you go to bed, you can watch a show. Did play you, uh, a game. Mike, are you up to date on a uh, what's it called? The, the Why the Last Man? I am not. No. Okay. Um. I wait. Mark, have you watched it? Not a second. Okay. Okay. Then on that. I'm on like the third episode. Okay. I'm on the. I just started the fifth, I think. Whatever just came out. Fifth or sixth, the most recent one that came out. I'm still in. You know, I'm still into it. So we'll see where That's it goes good. from here. That's good. Um, but one thing I don't like is that the guy is, I don't know. He's a real piece of shit? Yeah. Yeah, y- Yorick sucks in the comic, too. Different reasons. He's, you know, it's more up to date with why he sucks. But okay, he's supposed to be, sh- you're not supposed to like Yorick. Like, only dude, and we don't even like him. The, uh, I, I, you know what? I like Ampersand. That's my hero. Okay, the monkey. <laughs> now I know there's a monkey, so I'm a little bit more. Oh, intrigued. you know there's a monkey. <laughs> you knew there was a monkey. Um all right. Um Yeah, uh I, w- I wanna talk about Ted Lasso. Honestly. Sure. Let's uh let's leave that for next week, because next week we'll Pop have seen the, the season finale, right? I know, but let's talk about how we what we've gotten here. Because we're all are we all up to date? Because I'm thinking, well, Mike. Well, that's what I'm saying. We might as well just wait until next week. Next week, we also at least we, next, week over here. next week we're also going to talk about Ted Lasso. <laughs> well, I was going to Ted Lasso, of course. It, not not debating. It is a great show. I've been loving it. There's also been another show I look forward to every week. And while no one else is watching and enjoying as much as I am, I've been loving What If. I don't know why everyone else hasn't, but that uh, also ends. I've been I've been watching What If every week. I, I watch it during work. Shit. Good, and it's ending this week. It's, it's all coming together. This is, po- so. this is a podcast we just put out to the world. This is good. You watch it during what, Mike? <laughs> I, I watch it. I watch it before work. Okay. Watch it before work, <laughs> during a break, you know, lunch break. And you can slip an episode actually, in. Actually, that's not bullshit because I normally wake up around like six thirty, and the episode's out, and I watch it with my coffee, and then with whenever my morning dump hits, you know, I watch. Uh, I watch what if. Wrap yeah. it up. I get it. It makes sense. No one's violating any kind of agreement with employers yeah. or anything like just that. Re- I just realized that actually is my routine. That has been my routine on Wednesdays for like the last two months. Great way to start the day, Mike. You want to talk about uh, Lasso, Bob? I mean, I'm just people are complaining I, about this season. I have 
one thing here here's the one thing i will say about ted lasso that i have been shooting intermittent you know text to bobby as the episodes have progressed mm. and this has happened more and more and it culminated to this past wednesday or thursday when i just sent two words to bobby fuck nate there seems to be in a, in a very uplifting show this season has definitely culminated with a villain, if you, you will, with someone that is actually not likable. Well, here's the thing. Do you don't think some of it, like, I mean, he doesn't seem beyond saving. It look, you look at a man and he looks like he's caving to the reality of his realities of his new position almost. I'm not totally you, unsympathetic, you, I think. You say caving to the realities of his new position. I say drunk with the power of his new position. Having been a doormat. Ha, no, no, it is not the same thing. That is so not the same thing, okay? okay. In one of them, you're, it's kind of sympathetic. In this one, he's just being a dick to that equipment manager. I mean, that's, that's I mean, okay, that's fair. Honestly, the, and, Nate, then, and then and then just straight snitching in the last episode. Well, I mean, we need a journalist around here to explain to us if whether journalistic ethics. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, here's the thing: so, we don't know if Nate gave it. Nate doesn't know what he's doing. Obviously, did Nate give manage to give that quote on the condition of anonymity? Ah, uh, yeah, because I know when Ted Krim from the Independent uh, said it was it was Nate. Well, he also no, didn't go public actually, with that. No, actually, I think he actually did break some journalistic rules because he did say initially, an anon uh, when he was texting to mm. Ted, he said an anonymous source said that you had a panic attack. And because I respect you, it was Nate. Well, here's the thing. Is it breaking the journalistic ethic? Because he didn't go public with who it was. He's telling one person who it is. Well, I mean, if TV has ever taught me anything, is that these journalists treat their uh, their sources like uh, like they're sacrosanct. Okay, well, let's let's make our predictions here. If anybody's got any predictions for the last episode, because I got one, and I've been telling Mark this one for a couple of weeks, and I don't think mm -hmm. I'm alone in this prediction that Nate that uh, that Rupert is buying a new team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nate's the new coach. I don't think that's a very far out there. Prediction. No, I, I I think people I think it became clear for people in the last week too that this motherfucker is mm -hmm. not long for this team. You talk about he wants to be in control. He wants yeah. to take over. I was gonna say, the other one I got is Roy and Keeley stay together because mm -hmm. I'm not sure Amer I'm not sure America could take it. We we are everybody's very invested in the Roy and Keeley relationship. We can't. I know this is like the three act play, and this is fucking Empire Strikes Back, and it's not going to end necessarily pleasant. But come on, they can't do that to people, right? I think Roy. I think Keely gets caught playing hide the sausage with Jamie in the final episode by Roy. Really? That's that's right. That's right. Because Mike. Mikey, Mikey likes himself a spicy show. Do you, do, you, do you think? Do you think they're consciously doing it or do you think there's some kind of misunderstanding where they're in some scenario where he's in the locker room and she walks in and there's, where he there's tripped, fell, she tripped, fell, and landed on his no, no. Maybe it doesn't no, even happen. It just looks, it looks like it happened. Like it looks like it's happening and it's just Roy comes in and he loses but his Mike, temper. Or do you think it's legitimately like she still has feelings for him. They kind of hook up because she's not sure where she's at with Roy and all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Does anybody think Sam leaves? 
Mm, no. I don't know. I don't think so. No. No. I think they I here's what I think. I think the happiness comes from Sam and um them getting promoted. I, I forget whatever I forget what the owner's name is, but is it Rebecca? Uh, Rebecca, yeah, yeah. I think it ends with happy with Sam and Rebecca getting together. Sad Roy and Keeley break up and s- happy that that little fucking traitor turncoat Nate goes to another team. Well, I, and okay. that's gonna be the and that's gonna be the, uh, the the conflict of next season. So does everybody? So do we all think that they're getting promoted? They're gonna go back to the. They're, they're, they're not gonna. They're gonna be not gonna be a regulation a relegation next year, because I think they're getting. I think they're going back up. I think they're gonna qualify for being promoted back up. I mean, since they since they talked about how he only wanted to do three seasons, it would it would almost seem fitting for the last season to be like they're going for whatever the cup is for the Premier gonna, League or whatever. Win the Premier, win the Premier League championship, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, for, for me personally, I never I never get so caught up in like trying to guess necessarily what's going to happen next, um, or trying to like you know, I mean, in, in in some shows, you know, it leads themselves to that, like they leave you you know, a uh, uh, breadcrumb trail to kind of let you to think like, Oh, maybe this will happen or that or happen. I mean, really for me, the joy has just been, this show is not only just like one extremely upbeat and fun loving and just like, you know, it's just, it's just a show filled with positivity, even though there has been a lot of negative and actual, like, you know, talking about mental issues and how it affects people having panic attacks. I, I think it addresses those things really well while still being extremely uplifting. And for me, especially these last two episodes, Outside of just it being extremely well cast and well written and shot, um, the acting has been so much better than I would have expected. You know, there's been scenes where Jason or Roy or um, Keeley would act and emote in scenes a lot more than I thought they were capable of. You know, I never thought of Jacob Sudeikis as like a particularly great actor you know he always just seemed like a, a comedic type of actor but um in this last scene you know where he's reading the letter from i mean he's had a lot of scenes where he's just killed it um with his acting you know not even reading off lines just verbally and in this episode particularly when he was reading the letter yeah. you know um you could you could tell what the letter said without him saying anything just reading his face and the in his emotional arc about how angry he was and then seeing that anger leave him while he's reading the letter. And then obviously, you know what he says after and kind of clarifies, you know, um, his feelings towards his therapist and how much she has helped him get through some of his demons and, you know, um, beaten back some of his, you know, uh, predetermined thoughts about what therapy is and, um, you know, what it means to be in therapy and to try to better yourself. And then, you know, there's just been a lot of things that just really surprised me. So, and I thought what was fun, you know, a lot of these actors have just won Emmys off of this show. And I did, I even asked Bob, like, do the people that award these shows get to see the full season? Did they see these episodes? Because I definitely think if they saw these episodes, that could potentially sway them. Not that they, they would have earned it. Um, they wouldn't have earned it before, you know, the work they put in previously to the first season and what's led up to the second it's season. It's not but- even based on a season. It's based on a time frame of whatever aired. Like mm-hmm. they, look at a, they look at a certain calendar and say, did it air during this calendar? Yeah, and so, I think uh, it, it makes them look even better because these last couple episodes have shown, like, not, not only is this show just fun and a joy to watch, but, like, there's a lot of masters of their craft going on here, and I really appreciate that. So whatever happens in, in this finale, I think it's going to be fantastic, and, you know, whatever 
um, emotional strings they want to pull, I'm fully on board for, and I'm excited to see where they've got where they go because so far they've done a fantastic job, you know, surprising me, but also just making me care about the characters and even characters, you know, it's hard to have a full cast where you're emotionally invested in everyone, but they've done a great job with their primary characters. And even a lot of the side characters, I mean, uh, Johnny Rojas, right. I'm not saying his name, Danny right. Rojas, Danny Rojas is just such a fun character. Did I, he, did I mention last life, week, yeah. did I mention last week, Danny Rojas and his shoes at the funeral? Because, I was crying, laughing <laughs> what, so hard. What, what was what was the point? Like, I didn't understand that. Because I don't think there was a point. And like, what does Dave have such a real poignant like analysis of the situation? Where like these shoes are for Muggles, they're different than you and me. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's an interesting take on being yeah. a footballer. Some yeah. arcs of these characters have been surprising. I think Jamie's is very surprising. You know, I think a lot of the first season was around his character and especially the finale kind of wrapped up his relationship with Ted um, in a really fun way. And I think that's probably what's going to happen here with Nate. Like whatever Nate does, whether he does join another team or he quits or whatever happens, I feel like Ted will be honest with him and still appreciate what he's done for him and how he's helped him, even if things do get muddled in the end. And, And this is the kind of storytelling that I think you know, really elevates the show past just like a fun little sitcom to something that's a lot more meaningful. And like we talked about, you know, forget the, the pretext of what the show's about, because that really doesn't mean anything. You know, it being about a soccer club in Europe is just a fun premise that they've ricocheted off into a really fantastic show. So I'm excited to see what they do next week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Uh, you're muted, Mike, if, uh, Bob, if you're saying something. I'll say, I'll say Ted Lasso. Easily my favorite show I'm watching right now. Mm-hmm. Not even uh, close. Um, all right. A um, few last things to tie up. A uh, shout out to Scarlett Johansson. Making Disney. She got that bag. Yeah. She had she held all the cards. Disney had no interest in going to trial on this thing. Like, yeah, no. I mean, she she held she held all the cards in that you guys are in clear breach of your contract. Yeah, it was like, and Disney's response at first about like she was callous because during a pandemic she was Nails in the coffin for him, and everybody was just like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" You had the Marvel people supporting her, her fellow castmates and stuff. That was great. Um, all right, um, yeah, and then on the wrestling front. Uh, I thought uh, it was really cute that the Dark Order was brought back together by Negative One and uh, Mrs. Brody Lee, Amanda Huber. That was uh, that was adorable, and uh, I thought it was gonna. I mean, I was ready for Hangman, Mike. I was ready, but now I think this week we get Hangman. He's my he's my pick for the Joker in that ladder match. I guess we're gonna find out. Yeah, it'll be fun. And uh, I enjoyed Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson. I'm enjoying Brian Danielson at his full, like there's a noticeable difference, right? Like him and and being Daniel Bryan, there's all the shackles are off. There's no, he's not holding back on any level. This man is, and I like, it's weird at like 40 years old, I think he is. I think that's old Brian is. He seems like the best wrestler in the world. Like Kenny's, uh, Kenny's doing great right now, of course. And Roman's killing it over on SmackDown, but right now it looks like Brian Danielson's literally taking himself to the next level, um, just in terms of his craft entirely. 
So, and apparently three AEW theme songs were in the top 100 on Billboard this week. <laughs> uh, nice. Wait, so I know Adam uh, Adam Cole's theme song was number one on the heavy metal chart. Yeah, they got a number one on the heavy metal chart song. They're a theme song they put out, Marcus. That's that's nuts. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. I'm assuming Brian brian daniels brian Anson. i think Who's the other third? one might be rubies but that's not their song technically because that song belongs to um that's a rancid song i don't think it was hers though i'm trying to think what well, that one would be rancid is very happy also they, they honestly it, be w- well, it, w- it would be cm punk if it was going to be one a real song like a not one of theirs they made i listened i listened to all three of those songs on my run this past saturday dude uh yes. cult of personality is like a really good song objectively a really good song i think that band's from is that a new york band also living color you don't get a lot of black rock and roll bands wait really huh. yeah this you know Sorry. i mean even though black people invented rock and roll deba- allegedly sure. apparently I mean, not, not not allegedly i mean they did yeah <laughs> not allegedly <laughs> um yeah, and uh, they're doing a WWE draft, which has it's it's hard to for a company that's so poor at long term planning. It just seems arbitrary, you know, Mike. It's hard to be like they have a plan for this person they drafted. They haven't earned that, you know, trust with the audience. Yeah, but I saw, but, but I I saw mean, Zaya Lee got drafted, and I like Zaya Lee, so good for her to get out. I I, I have no faith in WWE. Um, I you don't watch the show still. Yeah, I don't understand why they moved Becky. I mean, not Becky, Bianca, from from SmackDown. She her feud with Becky had just started. Mm-hmm. Like Becky, less than a month ago, took the championship off of her in like a very quick fashion. They had only had one other match. Like they're, you, they're, you, doing, they're doing that match in uh, was it Abu Dhabi in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, because who, yeah, who watches that? All three of them are going to be dressed like Power Rangers, head to toe in gear. <laughs> that's what they're going to be dressed like. It's gonna look, that's what they're calling the Power Ranger de- gear. Look, man, it's it's fine. <laughs> um, I'll say something I do like with the WWE product. So they got, Marcus, they got this kid in NXT. Uh, his name is Braun mm-hmm. Breaker. Okay. Mm-hmm. His uh, father is Rick Steiner. Okay. His uncle is Scott Steiner. Before they changed his name to Braun Breaker, it was going to be Rex Steiner. That would be better. Uh, I'd be way better. Braun Breaker's got two Ks, by the way. I, I approve. <laughs> um, this kid, Mark, looks like his dad and sounds like his uncle. And it's so weird because I don't know. I, I think Mike missed a lot of Scott Steiner being a crazy person and being on all the steroids. All of them. Um, I've seen the just, pictures though. Oh he was man, pumped. He was I was a big, big Papa Pump used to just come out, mumble about something, and then he would. I don't even know what the fuck Scott Steiner was talking about at the time. And then he would go, "Big Papa Pump's got your hookup. Holler if you hear me." And the people would holler. I was, I, I, I love this kid, man. I'm already ready. I'm like, like make this kid fucking NXT champ. Bring it, call him up. Let's get Braun Breaker wrestling Roman Reigns. I am all about this kid, mostly because of the nostalgia of, of Scott Steiner being crazy. Um, and uh, finally, uh, the episode of Dark Side of the Ring this week. I know probably fewer people watched it because I don't know how many people know Anita necessarily. Um, it was about FMW. Marcus, I was telling you about this episode mm-hmm. where they were talking about uh, how the Yakuza got involved and 
there were people dying and uh, of course the legendary hayabusa a japanese wrestler that mark and i liked when we were kids based on watching him in a handful of crazy matches i bought on vhs tapes um when he got paralyzed uh as always dark side of the ring just killing it every week um i don't know what the one this week's about i'm not familiar with the subject matter but i'm really just counting down until the vince mcmahon steroid trial episode where they ensure that vince never cooperates with any footage they want ever again um i guess that's it for this week right guys uh we got nothing else we going on filled yep. over an hour you thought we could do it when we stopped talking about mma for 25 minutes but we proved you wrong i was gonna say the words it's gonna be a short one when we we're like 25 minutes in and i'm like it never is i'm not gonna say that <laughs> we, we love your li- we love the listeners so much i'm sure when they heard us done with mma and they looked at it like there's still 40 minutes left. like what, what the, the fuck, fuck are they talking about, about? <laughs> I think they're I'm like pretty, I'm pretty sure that any any fans we do have at this point, they they know when we hit these dark age periods. They know that when there's nothing out, you know, we're you still know, gonna I, get our hour and ten minutes in, and all it means is that forty minutes of it is gonna be us bullshitting. Look, honestly, and we're ending right now. I swear, but I love these. I love these kind of episodes because it's just whatever. I'm here for whatever. I mean, this would have been a good week for Mike to tell me about a CW show because I would have been fine with it. Like, go, Mike. What? What's going on? What kind of CW show you're rocking? You know. But look, man, I don't want this episode to go any longer. All I'll say is that very happy that the Miz is actually safe and Dancing with the Stars. He'll survive for another week. Good. Good on Fair him. Enough. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, that was Doctor Law. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Grooms. Say what? Dude, I'm tired. Lavender gooms. All right. I didn't have coffee. I'm tired. I'm hungry. It's been a long week, bro. All right. That okay. I was Doctor Law. That was DJ Mark. I I haven't brushed my hair in about two weeks. So lavender grooms. I am not. (laughs) And that uh, very hairy man is lavender gooms. Um, See y'all next week. Watch the fights. Don't watch the fights. Fucking watch Ted Lasso. Peace out. See ya. See ya.